today. Romans chapter 8, we are finishing up our series today that we've called Resonance. And uh, Romans 8 describes for us a new mindset that we as Christians have in Christ because of what God has done for us. We are at the point in the year where it is back to school And if you still have kids in the home, back to school brings with it a mindset shift. My wife is a teacher, and so as she moves out of the summer mode into the school year mode, any spouse of a teacher can tell you it's a mindset shift. Uh, We have small kids. Oh, by the way, have you guys ever seen this graphic here? So what do you see here in this picture? How many of y'all see an old lady? Go ahead, raise your hand. I don't want to call her old. Okay, okay. How many of y'all see a young woman? How many of you see both? It's actually both, depending upon your mindset. You might see a young woman looking over her right shoulder, or you might see an older lady with her head bowed. Depending upon the state of your mind and how you're looking at it, you see different things. Well, for my kids, uh, it's the start of the school year, and so they're now having to figure out, okay, how do I get up before noon? Uh, It's time for uh, things like uh, if you're in the band or football team or cheerleading, it's time to start practicing, and it requires a new mindset. For me as a dad, I'm kind of ecstatic about the beginning of the school year because for the first time in months, my house might actually be quiet, and uh, so it's a new mindset. I can make a brisket now. This will be cool, and uh, so for all of us, it's August now, and so the sauna in which we are living is running out of steam. Yeah, hopefully, and so a new mindset begins to take place as footballs are now in the air. And you can almost begin to hear the Christmas music, can't you? It's almost already time for Christmas. Well, Romans 8 describes for us this new mindset that we as believers can have when we realize that we are in Christ. And so there's four mindsets that I want you to think about today. The mindset of resonance. By that, I mean that your life has purpose that what has happened in the past is connected to the present, and what is happening in the present time is connected to the hope of eternity that we have in Christ. So we have the mindset of resonance. We also have the mindset of hope, that as a believer in Christ, heaven, rather than condemnation, is in your future. And so you can live with that mindset that says, no matter what I face, no matter what I'm going through in this world, there is still hope, and I am not on a treadmill leading to condemnation, but I am living this life leading to the destination of love itself with God and the hope that that brings. A third mindset is the mindset of faith. Remember in verse 28 of Romans chapter 8, We saw how that in all things God is sovereign, that in all things he is working together for the good of those who love God who are called according to his purpose. And when we have this mindset of faith and an understanding of the sovereignty of God, it allows us to continue to persevere through life even though we might be facing some very difficult challenges. And then fourth, the mindset of victory. And we're going to look at that 
today, the mindset of victory. So look with me in your Bibles to verse 37 of Romans chapter 8. As we come to the end of this chapter, I hope that it has become a special chapter in the Bible for you. I hope that whenever you think of Romans 8, that you'll think about some of the truths that we have explored together, and it'll be one of those passages in the Scripture that just makes you go, ah, there is some meat, there is some truth there that God has used in my life. So let's look at verse 37. No, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death nor life nor angels nor rulers nor things present nor things to come nor powers nor height nor depth nor any other created thing will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. And so this, this beautiful passage leads me to one simple goal and that is to share it with you today. And I'm hoping, my prayer is, that the truths that are in these verses will, will seep into your soul and that they will become a part of who you are. And I want to begin with the first thought here in verse 37 where the Apostle Paul writes, Know in all these things, in all these things. And that should lead us to ask this question, what things is he talking about? And I think you have to go back to verse 35, where he asked this question, who can separate us from the love of Christ? Can affliction or distress or persecution, famine, nakedness, danger, or sword? And so those are the things that he's talking about whenever we get to the verse that we're looking at today. And so what are some of those things? Well, when you think of the word affliction, it refers to the burdens of life, all these things that have to be done that checklist that is always running in your head. When we think about distress, it is that narrowness of life that occurs as we continue to live our days and the opportunities and the freedom begins to become restricted because of duty that we must face. Anybody that has moved into adulthood and you've begun to get that job and that mortgage and you have those children, you begin to realize that there is a distress or a narrowness that takes place as suddenly you have a lot of duty that you just have to perform. Then there's persecution, mistreatment that we have from people that are, are just mean people. Have you guys noticed that? There's some people in the world that are just mean and they're rude and they, they don't, they're inconsiderate, they're entitled, and they treat you badly. Then there's famine. We can relate a little bit to that now as we move into, I think it's day 61 of the drought. Imagine being in an agrarian economy and the reality that uh, if it doesn't rain, you don't eat. Then nakedness. There's actually a, di a deep dive on that word. Uh, whenever you think of nakedness, we tend to think of our, our physical clothing. But within that deep dive, it actually has to do with the uh, soul's clothing and the soul's clothing being the body. And as we age, some of these guys in here, they used to have bulging muscles, and now they have bulging bellies. And these changes just occur as we age, and we begin to see the nakedness of the soul, the dressing of the soul begins to change. Then there's danger. 
all the uncertainties that might be ahead as you take this new step in life. What's going to be around the corner? What is this next chapter going to be like? We're trying to do our best to take these next steps, but we don't know what the future holds, and so there's these dangers, and then there's the sword. There are the things in society that comes from government or comes from uh, countries that don't like ours and all these different stresses that you feel when the people that you didn't vote for are in office, inflation, and all these things tempt us to feel as if somehow we are separated, to some feel as if somehow life doesn't have purpose, as if maybe God's not in control, as if we are isolated, as if we are all alone. And so Paul goes through these things, and then in verse 37, he comes to this conclusion. He says, no, in all these things, all these things that we've talked about here, we, who are we? We are those who are believers in Christ. We are the elect. We are the ones that are Christ's children. We are more than conquerors through him who loved us. So let's talk about this next part of the verse. It says, in all these things, we are more than conquerors. In all these things. In all these things. Amy Cummings and I were talking this week, and we were talking about uh, counseling kids and helping students as they grow up and some of the challenges that they face. And a lot of times whenever a young person comes to you and they're going through some type of challenge, maybe they're dealing with something at school, they're dealing with something in their life, whatever it might be, we want to kind of make it better for them and say, well, let's just take away the problem. Let's just, you know, that's not really, you know, we, we, maybe we should just pray about it and God will just take it away. And we sometimes inadvertently develop this mindset that says, you know, whenever we as Christians have a problem, God just takes those away whenever we pray about it. And yet, one of the things I realized in this room, there's a lot of Christians in this room. This is a very Christian-y place. And y'all got a bunch of problems, right? You're like, not me, this person over here. Anyway, we have problems, even though we love Jesus. And God doesn't always take away the problems. Sometimes it's in all these things. We often think that the only way for God to win is to eliminate all of our struggle. But in many ways, the victories are found in the struggle. And, and you become a conqueror when day after day, every day, day after day, with faithfulness and consistency, year after year, you show up, you open your heart, you take the jump that says, I'm going to live in faith because I'm not going to settle for a cold, sterile world where I just numb out and try to survive. I'm going to find the beauty of life, and I'm going to take that jump into the faith world, and I'm going to have a spirit that is alive, and I'm going to open my heart to connect with other people in love, and I'm going to live with a hope that goes beyond this world that I'm in. I'm going to live with a hope that believes that we were created by God on purpose 
for a purpose, and even though there is darkness and injustice and struggle in this world, I also know this, that God is beyond that, and he is working all things for the glory of his name, and that there is a place called heaven, and that one day he will create a new heaven and a new earth, and one day there will be no more tears, no more pain, and I will see Jesus face to face, and I'm going to live with that hope that one day I'll see my father again, and I'll meet my grandmother, and I'm going to try to live today in that hope, even though I live in a world full of doubt, selfishness, and dread. There's a lot of difficulty, and that's why Paul says, in all these things, we're more than conquerors. So let me ask you this question. What is your struggle today? Now, I, we're not going to go around the room and just individually talk about it, but I do know that there's a lot of struggle in the room, and I also do not know why you have some of these struggles. If you come to me and ask for prayer, I'll pray for you. And when I pray for you, I'll ask God to remove the struggle from your life. I always do that when someone comes and they're, and they're sick. I say, Lord, would you please heal this person? Sometimes God sees it in his will to heal the person. Sometimes in his will, the sickness remains. You say, why, Lash? I, I don't know. That's something that is within the sovereignty of God. But I do know this, that the Bible tells us that even in all these things, we are more than conquerors. And I also know this, that verse 28 speaks to the sovereignty of God, and it says that we know that, in all, that all things work together for the good of those who love God, who are called according to His purpose. So the things that you are going through right now the sovereign fingers of God can work together for the good of His purpose so that your life may be a part of His divine plan. I don't always understand everything, but I know that God calls me to faith and that God is sovereign and that He is capable of working all things together for the glory of His name. And He is capable of using your story for His glory even the pain of your story. Now notice within the passage, it says that we are more than conquerors through what? Talk to me now here. Through Him who loved us. Let's talk a little bit about love. I, uh, I brought a poem today that I'm going to read for you. And all the men will later owe me because this is a romantic poem right here. Are you ready? Do you ever read poetry? No. Yeah. Well, if you haven't heard a poem since high school, we have one for you. Okay? This is called Love's Philosophy by Percy Shelley. You ready? The fountains mingle with the river and the rivers with the ocean. The winds of heaven mix forever with a sweet emotion. Nothing in the world is single. 
all things by a law divine in one spirit meet and mingle. Why not I with thine? See the mountains kiss high heaven and the waves clasp one another. No sister flower would be forgiven if it disdained its brother. And the sunlight clasped the earth and the moonbeams kissed the sea. What is all this sweet work worth if thou kiss not me? Ooh, you like that? Yeah. It's called love's philosophy. And I love that line in there that says, nothing in the world is single. All things by a law divine in one spirit meet and mingle. Now, it's interesting to me that Shelley claimed to be an atheist. <laughs> and yet he writes this poem that talks about how through divine sovereignty, nothing in the world is really single, but by the law divine, in one spirit, all things meet and mingle. And there is this reality within the resonance of life that no single event in your life is but alone. That within the sovereignty of God, He uses it. He uses it for His glory. He uses it for your, for your strength. Romans 5 talks about how when we go through affliction, it produces endurance, and endurance produces proven character, and proven character leads us back to hope. And this winding of life, this resonance of life, the reality that God's love drives us beyond ourselves and beyond the moment, this is part of where our hope comes from. You see, when you find yourself knocked down by life, when you find yourself adorned in hardship, when hope gives way to disappointment, it is God's love that reaches down and holds your hand. And God's love does not lead us to victory, but rather being alive in God's love is the victory. And so the Apostle Paul reminds us that you're alive. You're alive. And then he comes to this next line in verse 38. And it begins with these words. For I am persuaded. For I am persuaded that neither death nor life nor angels nor rulers nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. To be persuaded means that you've reached a conclusion. You've reached this conclusion point where you say, okay, I am persuaded. But you know what else being persuaded means? It means that you've asked questions to get there. It means that at one point you had doubts. It means that at one point you were learning. It means at one point you were leaning in, you were listening, you were wondering. And as you began to discover, you reached this point where you were persuaded. And so let me ask you this question. 
Are you persuaded that nothing will be able to separate you from God's love? For the Apostle Paul, that moment of persuasion led him through truth. This is what the Bible says. This is what he had been taught. This is the truth, but it also led him to experience Because the Apostle Paul had to go through the experiences and go through the difficulties and he had to go through the things in order to be able to reach the other side of that and say, you know what, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him. In all these things, for I am persuaded that none of these things are going to separate me from the love of God. My dad used to say sometimes, Don't worry about who's right. Concern yourself with what's right. And he was talking about arguments and how, you know, it's, well, this person said, this person said. Who's right? He said, well, how about what's right? I like to say it this way. Every story has two sides, but it doesn't necessarily have two truths. There is a truth. And you know, in in your life, one side of the story says, you're condemned. That's how the passage began at the beginning of chapter 8. There is no condemnation in Christ Jesus. But, But there is this one side that says, okay, you can't measure up. You don't belong. You'll never be good enough. You're not loved. And it's easy to believe that side of the story. But then there's the other side of the story. It says there's there's no condemnation. You don't have to measure up because you are justified in Christ. He has done for you what you could not do for yourself. And you belong to the family. So much that the Heavenly Father invites you to come before Him and call Him Abba, Father. And you are loved and there is a place at the table for you. And goodness and mercy shall follow you all the days of your life, and you will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. And you know what? It can be hard sometimes to believe that side of the story. Why? Because it almost seems too good to be true. You mean I can live without condemnation? I can be accepted in God's eyes? I can be forgiven? I can live with a foundation of grace? Really? Really, I mean, it just seems too easy. Shouldn't I have to do this, 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 and this? You do those things because you are not in order to be. Yeah, there's such a thing as holiness. You need to read your Bible. You need to share the gospel. You need to be here on Sundays. You need to be disciplined. You need to give. You need to do these disciplined acts of Christianity. But those things don't cause God to stop and say, Oh, wow, I love them now. While we were still sinners, Christ loved us. Christ extends to us His grace and justifies us so that the ground beneath our feet is grace and we stand in security with identity knowing that we are His children and nothing is going to separate us from His love. And whenever we realize that nothing's going to separate us from His love, we lean into life realizing that we belong and we want to do that which is right because we love him we love him and Paul gets this 
And Paul wrestled with this. The Apostle Paul started out as a Pharisee. He started out as the guy that was trying to measure up. He started as the guy that was trying to keep all the law and see if he could be good enough to earn God's favor. And he had to realize that only through Christ can he be made whole. And so he reaches this conclusion here in Romans chapter 8 that he is persuaded that nothing's going to separate us from the love of God. He reached a destination point. He swam through the different sides and he found the truth. And here's the truth, and I hope that you get this. I hope this lands within you. That when you are in Christ, nothing can separate you from his love. Did that land? Are you receiving it? When you are in Christ, nothing can separate you from his love. Verse 35 describes all the earthly things that might cause you to feel separated from God. But then he says, in all these things, we're conquerors. And I am persuaded that neither life nor death or angels or rulers or any of the cosmic things are going to separate me from God. Verse 38 is a little less tangible. Because in verse 38, we have some spiritual realities or even realms that might threaten to separate us from God. You see, some people might say, well, God can love me in my circumstances, but what if I put on my Buzz Lightyear suit and step into infinity and beyond? Infinity and beyond. The movie's not very good, by the way. Yeah. Two stars, best. Anyway. Can God love me? I don't know what the pastor should be seeing, Buzz Lightyear movies. Hmm. Okay, back to, the, back to the story. And look at his hair. It's awful short. Can God love me after death? Can God love me spiritually? Now, I'm about to start a new series called uh, Fear and Love. And I've been thinking a little bit on this about spiritual love, the love of the soul, the love of the spirit. My friend, spiritual love is the greatest expression of love that life has to offer. Spiritual love is the love that goes beyond the body, and loves your essence. And few people in life really ever experience that kind of love. Because if you think about it, for most of us, the love that we experience is very conditional. People love us because of how we look. They love us maybe because of how we act or what we bring to the table. As long as you do what you're supposed to do, as long as you provide, as long as you serve, as long as you do the job or whatever, they love you, you quit doing that, the love's retracted. And have you ever thought about this? You've never seen God. You've never seen Him. He's never sat in your living room. You've never seen Jesus. You've read about Him, but you've never seen Him. Yet his love for you and your love for him 
are foundational to your being. And the scriptures teach us that that spiritual love that we have for God becomes the foundation for all the external love in our life. Spiritual love is the foundation from which physical love is birthed. Why is this? Because beyond the physical world, where we are often loved for our loveliness, there is a godly love that falls in love with our soul and sees us in Christ and says, you know what? They have sinned, they have done wrong, but I don't see that. What I see is I see Christ in them. I see them in Christ. I see them as my child. And nothing's going to separate them from me because I love them. And their soul is mine. And their soul has been placed in Christ and sealed by the Holy Spirit. And nothing is ever going to separate them from me. As a believer in Christ, you are loved. And you're loved not just because of what you do or how you look or what you say. You're loved because God loves you. He loves you. And you belong to Him. And so as we reach the end of this chapter today, I hope these truths resonate in your heart. I hope that you can make these mindset shifts because if you can, it can really make a difference in your life. If you can take on the mindset of resonance and realize that your life is not an accident, if you can take on the mindset of hope and realize that there is no condemnation for those in Christ Jesus, or the mindset of faith that says, even though I'm in the midst of difficulty right now and I'm in the midst of a lot of hardship, I'm going to continue pressing in and I'm going to continue trusting and I'm not, I'm not just going to numb out, grab a bag of chips and Netflix binge for the rest of my life. I'm going to live in faith. Because in faith, I'm going to find the beauty. And I'm going to have the mindset of faith. And then finally, the mindset of victory. It says, even in the midst of all these things, I am victorious because I have Christ. Christ's hand, whenever it reaches down to me, doesn't say, hey, take my hand and I'll lead you to victory. But whenever you take the hand of Christ, you've already found the victory. And if you're in Christ, you are more than victorious in Him. So can you reach that point of persuasion where you say, I am persuaded that nothing will separate me from the love of God. Are you there? Would you be so kind as to bow your heads with me, please? Cody and the band are going to come and lead us in worship. If I can pray with you today, I'll be here at the front. I would love to pray with you. If today needs to be a day of salvation in your life, please find me. Find me during this next song. Find me after service. If you can't, for whatever reason, if you can't get to me or whatever, uh, find somebody in your life that you know is a Christian and tell them, I, I need to take that step of faith and trust in Christ today. 
Make that commitment. So as Cody and the band lead, some of you may feel the need to pray. You can come and pray here at the front. You can also pray there at your seat. And just spend this time talking to the Lord. Others may want to worship. And so as the band leads in the song, you might want to stand and sing with them. For others, there might be somebody in the room that you want to go and pray with. And so have that freedom to go and pray with that person that the Holy Spirit puts on your heart. Still for others, this may be a time where you need to collect some thoughts. You've heard the sermon today. You've opened your heart and God has spoken to you. And before you leave and go on with life, you need to collect some thoughts and Maybe you need to write it down on paper. This is what the Spirit's saying to me right now. You don't have paper, so maybe you need to take out your phone and open your notes app and say, okay, this is what God is teaching me today in church, and this is, this is what I'm hearing. As your pastor, as your friend today, my prayer for you is that you will begin to discover that in Jesus Christ you're forgiven and you're alive. And nothing's ever going to separate you from that. Nothing that you've been through in the past, nothing that people have said about you, that hardship, that difficulty, that fallacy that you've believed about yourself, nothing's ever going to separate you from the love of Christ. He has extended that to you, and He has extended His love to you for all eternity. And you are secure in Him. Be persuaded of this. Resolve it within you. Because it can change you. It can heal you. And it can cause you to start seeing life in color again. Hear the words of the song. Feel the passion of the poet and be part of the story again. Father, help us to understand the reality of your love. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Pray, sing, sit, stand, follow the leadership of the Holy Spirit as the band leads us.